Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm Jim Gallagher, Jr. Special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. And you can catch Steve at steveazar.com. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast and get your copy of Only One Shot. That's available at Amazon, and that's by VJ Trolio. This is going to be a really fun podcast today. I have the old Miss women's golf coach, Corey Hankins, back on the podcast. They just recently won the Women's NCAA Golf Championship. She's now been named National Coach of the Year. We had her back on in Season 2, Episode 17. Talked about their big win at East Lake and what they expected for the spring. Well, they wanted to win uh, the SEC and the National Championship. They didn't get the SEC, but they won the National Championship, the first in any women's sports and school history of any of the sports programs, uh, and winning the National Championship for them. So that was really cool uh, to see that. I've also got Chris Malloy, who's the men's golf coach at Ole Miss, going to talk about when they flew out there, kind of relive his uh, week and all the memories or that day, I guess, out there, and, and just go back over his uh, team season. So... Uh, let's get on it, and as they say, are you ready? I've got Corey Hankus on the phone, National Coach of the Year and the coach of the Ole Miss Rebels women's golf team, national champions. How does that sound? It sounds good to me. I was just, as I was listening to that, I was like, wow, that has a nice ring to it. <laughs> I'd like I'd like to do that again. So, no, it's awesome. I'm still on cloud nine and, um, you know, so proud of my team and Zach and what they've accomplished. And it's just it's really exciting times here in Oxford, Mississippi. How about the reception coming home, especially when your little girl runs up to you and, and just grabs you and just – I think it may have hit you then to what you've really achieved and accomplished. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's by far my favorite picture of the week. I know – you know, there are so many great ones, but just that one with her running up to my husband and I with the team in the back all smiling, and it was just, I don't know, it was priceless, so I wanted to put that one in the frame, but I tell you what, you know, Oxford really knows how to embrace athletics here and at Ole Miss, and it was just truly such a great welcoming to come home with the amount of people who were at the airport, and then they put us on a double-decker bus, and we had a parade down through the square, and um, got out and spoke at the square. It was just, it was incredible. I mean, you don't see that happen at a lot of schools when a national championship is won. And it's just, um, you know, that's what makes Oxford such a special place. Well, especially when you win the first uh, national championship in women's sports period program. Were you surprised at the support or just the amount of support? Was it a little bit overwhelming when you've kind of take it all, now that you've had a couple of days to take it all back in? I don't know that surprise would be the word. I know, like, this town just loves Ole Miss, and they love athletics, and, um, you know, I've seen the amount of support they give to all the other sports, so it was just, it was really neat to see, though, that they came out to support women's golf and just women's sports in general. Um, so it, I think it just shows the true class of the people that live here in Oxford and people who drove in from outside of Oxford to even come support us. So I think it's just been a long time waiting for Ole Miss fans, and they were just excited to be you know, a part of something so special and a part of history. Well, let's go back a little bit. Uh, last season, y'all had a really good team. The can't, you know, the, the, the uh, season's canceled, and then you've got to talk a couple players, or at least Kennedy Swan, into coming back to play. Uh, how important was it to get your players back in, like Kennedy Swan and Julia Johnson, to kind of buy in back to kind of getting ready to, for this season? knowing how good y'all were last season? Because that's kind of a letdown for a lot of teams thinking, oh, man, we're one of the best in 
the season's gone. How'd you get them fired back up uh, this year? Yeah, it didn't take us much to get them to come back. Um, Kennedy thought on it for a little bit, and um, once she knew she had the opportunity to come back and get an MBA, and um, all she wanted more than anything was to win a national championship or have a chance at it at least. So, um, and then Julia immediately said, "I'm coming back." I said, "No, take a few days to think about it. You know, I want you guys to." Or, you know, to have that fifth year. Julia's doing a fifth year next year. I'm like, yeah, I want you guys to think about it before you just commit to something so fast. Um, but it was a pretty easy decision for both of them. Julia's going to get a – she got her MBA and going to get another um, master's degree in higher ed. So how many people get to walk out of here with three degrees, you know, or out of college with three degrees in five years? It's quite incredible. But um, they're both truly the leaders of this team. Um, you know, the girls look up to them. They're different the way that they lead are in different ways, but both very effective. And um, that was a huge part to our success, just coming off of those four wins the season before and just kind of the letdown of having to finish the year without you know, being able to finish what we started, I guess you could say, during the COVID year. So, um, yeah, just truly grateful for, for both of them and everything that they've done for the program here. And we talked uh, in our last podcast with you back in December, Zach Bird, a big part of the – SEC championship and another big role for him. Uh, how important was is it to have him or a great assistant like him on board with y'all that makes that national championship uh, a lot easier for you to kind of get everybody all together and, and to have as a big help? Absolutely. You can't do it without good people around you. You know, it's just not possible. And Zach is, I mean, he's the best. He knows what he's doing. He's played at, you know, a high level of professional golf and played at Coastal Carolina, very successful there. And I just, I, the girls respect him so much and they trust him. And he just has a great demeanor on the golf course and a level of knowledge that you just can't find a lot of places. So, um, you know, it definitely wouldn't be possible without him. And we always kind of have a game plan. I'm usually walking with one player and he's usually the one that hops around. So it, it's just really worked out for us. And that's kind of what we stuck to all year long. And the girls know the game plan up front and that gives them a little peace of mind of, knowing where we're going to be throughout the day. And he, he's just, he's the best. So um, definitely appreciative to have him on our side. Absolutely. Uh, the spring, y'all have a pretty good spring. SECs, you get beat in the first match uh, match play, but the uh, regionals are canceled in Baton Rouge. So you got a pretty long period of time. How did you get them ready, you know, with so much time off to get ready to go out to uh, Scottsdale and get ready for the uh, national championship? It was kind of a weird time for us because we had, um, you know, Ellen Hume has the shoulder injury, so she didn't touch a golf club. And then we had Kiara with a inner ear you know, injury. She didn't get out of bed for eight days. She was dizzy and throwing up, and so she didn't practice any hardly before coming out to national. So it was kind of a weird time for us, but the players who were healthy, you know, we, we tried to play a good bit and um, try to compete and kind of play some games amongst the team to make it competitive so that they could get that feel of competition because that was the unfortunate part about not playing a regional we had a month without competition you know where other teams were getting to compete and so that was just you know tough on our team to miss out on that that chance to compete so um we tried to create that environment at home as much as we could with everything we did practice or playing or whatever it might be you guys get to uh into metal play there, you have a solid match. Now you got to play Texas, who's I thought that was one of the best matchups of the week. Watching you two go at it, I thought it was pretty evenly matched. Uh, that's the first match of uh, the match play. Uh, take us kind of through that those matches and how you know the kind of the atmosphere was amongst the team and and uh, just kind of getting ready to try to achieve that goal of winning the national championship. Absolutely. So you know, Texas is a great team. We played them at East Lake, but they were down several players who weren't back due to COVID and. So we knew they would be a tough match, and 
Um, you know, Andrea played against Caitlin Pat, who, to be quite honest, I think she's a little nervous to play Caitlin. Caitlin's such an amazing player and a, a great person. And um, to see her go 22 holes with her and be able to pull that off, I think that was just really something that Andrea needed to let her know that, hey, you're not good at golf. You're great at golf. You can compete. You just finished top 15 in stroke play. You can compete with the best. So I think for her, that was a big, a big, um, you know, momentum swing for her for the whole week. And not only that, to see Snella Sunderby just really step up as a freshman, we kind of just threw her in, you know, with Ellen Hume's injury, and she only played in two events all year. And, you know, the deciding point comes down to her and extra holds of everybody watching and just the level of poise and that, you know, she held throughout all of that, even after hitting it in the water on that, um, you know, the 18th hole there, which is her 20th hole. And overcoming that, making a par, it was just, Really, really, really neat to see them handle the pressure the way that I know they're capable of doing, but until you're really in that situation, you don't know how you're going to handle it. And it was just, I think that's what I'm most proud of, is just seeing how they all handle themselves under these stressful situations. As a coach, you talked about hitting it in the water at 18, and what do you do then? I mean, how do you get her refired up and focused to hit the next shot to try to just, you know, salvage whatever you can to stay in the match? How do you kind of say, forget what happened? And let's go to the it's, – it's focus on our shot we're trying to hit, do right here and try to make par. Yeah, I mean, we just saying, Smella, you know, I just kept telling her, just keep breathing, Smella. Just breathe, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Because, you know, she likes to walk fast. So I was just trying to keep her calm. And to be quite honest, she's got a really big gap in her wedges. So that's been a little bit of her weak part of her game right now. We're waiting on a wedge to come in. So she's like, Coach, I know I can hit an 84-meter shot. I said, okay, perfect. Let's go back on the line. Let's find an 80-meter. You've got some wind in your face. Let's find what you love. So because after that, she had a pretty massive gap. And um, so we found what she loved. And for her to just stick it up there like she did was, you know, it almost gives me goosebumps to see what she was capable of doing and to make that putt. Um, pretty impressive to see from a freshman on the team who just arrived here in January and hasn't played in a lot of the events. So um, I think it was – just great for her as well to give her that confidence booster for the rest of the week. Yeah, absolutely. It's really a cool moment sitting in the studio in, in Connecticut watching and and just you know watching how these young ladies could handle the pressure. Uh, I was thinking back for myself, going like, golly, you know, that's what you practice for. But then all of a sudden you're in the moment, you make a mistake, but then all of a sudden, hey, I got to refocus, and she did a great job of that. Uh, you don't have much time uh, that afternoon. You got to play Arizona, who's very, very good, top 10 team in the country in the desert, which I think is a big advantage more than people think it is to play desert golf. How, was there anything said in between or that to kind of get them ready for that afternoon match or just go out and play and continue to do them? I don't doing? think, I don't think we had much time for that. I mean, we literally right. were walking down back in our time to figure out the pairings. And I think part of the, you know, it's kind of good. Our team doesn't really know much about Arizona because we don't play them a whole lot, you know, at any time during a regular season. Um, so they're just kind of like, all right, cool. Put us against whoever you want. Let's go. Um, and I think sometimes that helps with match play versus, you know, if you have a preconceived notion of someone and their level of ability and things like that. So, um, you know, after Kennedy won her match, she's like, oh, my goodness, I didn't even know the girl I played was ranked like 11th, you know. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, I think that was kind of cool just to not have a lot of time to think about it. Like, all right, here you go. Tee it up. Let's go. Um, so, uh, you know, they had about 20, 30 minutes to grab some lunch and, you know, off we went again. Take us through the pairings because I don't know if everybody understands how the pairings is done uh, or are done, I should say. Uh, do you kind of pair your players against a player? Some people just keep the same order. Uh, how, how did you all do that uh, during the week, or did it change from depending on who you're playing? 
It kind of changes, but Zach and I kind of, we can't give all our secrets now, but we, we like to kind of think who we think our player would be best against, and we make a list of maybe two players for each player that we'd like to see him against. And that way, you know, when names are thrown out, we do our best to try to pair our players with one of them. Um, you know, in the order doesn't necessarily matter, but we enjoy having Kennedy out first. We know she's the type of player who doesn't care who she plays. It doesn't matter. She just wants to go out and win, and she's a good good one to throw out first just with her energy levels. And um, then a lot of times we'll put, you know, they have certain players we like to kind of put the three-fourth slot if we can. And, um, you know, it just kind of varies school to school and who we're playing. But we just do our best to try to have at least two names kind of in mind of who we might want each player to play. Right. Everybody has a different theory. I've seen coaches keep the same order. I've seen them mix them around. So it's just uh... – it's just up to the individual coaches. But uh, you go to bed, you're kind of resting on that. And one thing that was noticed that I wasn't, of course, there is how loose the team was in the parking lot. But that's kind of the atmosphere uh, of your team and the attitude of your team. They have a good time doing it. They were dancing. They were loose. And when I heard that, uh, I kind of opened up the uh, the pre-show as, are you ready, to see if any of the old Miss fans would catch it, of course. Uh, they were ready. Uh, it had to be pretty cool from your point sitting there saying, they're ready and they're ready to go, this is going to be a fun afternoon. Yeah, that was the best part. I mean, that morning we got we, we went and got Starbucks. We were sitting on the back patio just hanging out as a team. And, you know, there weren't any freak-out moments, which was really cool. So, you know, they get out of the car, they're dancing on the range. They're kind of dancing and cutting up. And, um, you know, when they're in that position, I, I think they know, like, we've worked hard in practice. Our coaches put us in stressful situations in practice every single day. We know we've done the homework. We know we've done what we needed to do. Now let's just go perform. You know, when it's out of your control at that point. You go do your best and just see how the chips may fall. We knew Oklahoma State was a fantastic team. We played with them earlier in the year, and they beat us in Sarasota at a tournament there. So we knew what we were up against. And, um, you know, there's no point in getting all uptight about it. You know, it is what it is. You put in the work. It's time to just go have fun, which is the – the performing part. That's the fun part. Exactly. And I thought uh, the cool text is, is the fact that you did text me back, which I figured you would, is the night before you said, let's do it. And that's kind of what I used in the pregame as well. I said, they're ready. Uh, they've put the time in. They, they've done this before, maybe not at this level. And, and just being yourself, because it looked like, and then listening to Greg Robertson at Oklahoma State saying in their practice round, they were tight, that they weren't even talking. And it looked like they were a little bit tight. Oh, but although that start got off to a good start against Kennedy, and uh, that's your emotional leader, you got to get the win out of her. I felt like for y'all the win, you had to have the wins by Kennedy and, and Julia to truly to have a good chance to beat them, and and she fought back and ended up winning it. But you said you stay with one player. Yeah, it, it, what, at what point during the round, which is kind of hard to say, did you were, were you watching the board? Were, you, know, you got your phone there. Did you think this is becoming a reality? No, I found myself jumping ahead several times kind of throughout the week, and I'd immediately try to snap myself back because you know how quickly match play can mm-hmm. flip on you. So, you know, Julia might be over shot and be like, uh, my mind would go to, oh, we might do this or, you know, whatever, and I would quickly say, no, let's just worry about this shot right here, right now. And I had to tell myself that probably, you know, five, six, seven times that day. But when I did that, I think it just brought me a little bit of inner peace and calmness, just not allowing myself and it wasn't until I heard the cheers of, you know, Andrea's putt that I thought, wow, I think this is it. And then, you know, Aaron gave me the symbol that, hey, you guys won. So, um, you know, I, I try to do my best to stay in the present. 
kind of hard to do, <laughs> I would think. It is, it is. Easier said than done a lot of times, exactly. but I, I think it helps if you can. Exactly. Chris Malloy, a bunch of fans come out. He told me the night before that they're loading up some planes and coming out. And they're ready to go. How cool was that to see the support you got from everyone coming out there? I know you got it at home, but with the come out there, that had to be a big boost for y'all to see that many people come out there and cheer you on. Uh, just to, to get that last match in there and what it meant to the whole school and to y'all as well. It was fantastic. You know, the chancellor came and Keith Carter and my boss, you know, my former boss who hired me, Lynette Johnson and um, Tom Kleinlin. And it was luckily they had room on the plane for my husband who doesn't, he normally doesn't get to come to events because we have two little girls who are one and two years old. And, um, you know, for Chris Malloy to come, that's truly just speaks volumes of him and what our golf programs mean as a family. We really try to promote golf here and not men's golf and women's golf like there's how many men's coaches would hop on that plane and go watch their women's team i don't know maybe some maybe not a lot but he was there he showed up and he was awesome you know so it was really cool to have chris there to bring his high level of energy and i think he was a big difference maker in andrea's match because you know he followed her a lot of the way and was cheering her on because sometimes andrea gets a little down on herself and i think having that extra energy there just really rooting her on was a big help for her match yeah, I, it, you know, incredible. He, he can get people to think they can walk on water. He truly can. Oh, he, he sure can, and he, he's good at it. That's you know, that's one of his talents for sure. So, but how uh, important? How about you mentioned the women's and men's programs tight? It doesn't happen in a lot of programs, but I think the successful programs do have that because now the kids are kind of feel like they're all in it together, uh, and you all have that. I think that's such a cool thing, and, and it's so important to have that. And I think for coaches out there, they got to figure a way of doing that. Because you have to support each other. Y'all got that uh, uh, that sport. But uh, what do you think this means, not only Ole Miss sports, but to, to the Ole Miss uh, golf program going forward, the all win like this? I mean, it's huge. I mean, I think this is a life-changing moment you know, for you know all of us and for our program. And I, I hope it shows some recruits um, that we can do it here at Ole Miss. You know, that's been the biggest battle I've fought with a lot of top-notch recruits is you guys have zero history. You guys – haven't won before you don't have this you don't have that well now we do so I hope that's something that they can see okay Ole Miss is a school that I can go play for can have success and leave with a national championship trophy and at the end of the day you know that's that's what it's all about and um, hopefully that's the direction things go and hopefully recruiting gets a little easier for us but um, only time will tell with that well, I know you're busy. I appreciate you being on. I've got Chris Malloy on. We know how he loves to talk. And he's going to be <laughs> on after this. So we got to give him his fair amount of time. Uh, but congratulations. I'm proud of y'all. It was really a cool moment uh, to be there in the studio. And uh, as I ended that show, it just means more. And I don't know if anyone caught that either, but it uh, it does. It means a lot to y'all. It means a lot to the state of Mississippi because now you've given the belief that any little girl that lives in this state or anywhere in the country, that that can come true if you work hard enough. And we appreciate you being on today. And uh, go get some rest. All right. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you having us. And have a good talk with Chris. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, I promised you Chris Malloy, and I brought him here. Chris, thanks for being with us today. 
My man, thanks for having me. You are the best. I, you know, I had to have a spark to catch up with you. That's that energy drink because I know you bring it, and I have to bring my end game with you. I just finished up with Corey. She was excited, uh, and we wanted to give you some time uh, to bring in kind of your experience. But you and I were texting back and forth uh, when the Ole Miss Rebels, uh, the ladies, uh, were out at the NCAA's quarterfinals. And then I guess when it went to the semis, you said, if, if they're going to the final, we're coming. We're coming out. I'm not missing this. Uh when did that kind of start coming into mind that y'all were thinking about flying out and, and coming out and supporting them? Well, the thing that was always in our mind, um, but we didn't want to get our head of ourselves. We didn't want to, you know, jinx ourselves um, as we were getting closer to it. As you saw in the quarterfinals, it didn't look great for us. But, you know, I, I just had a weird feeling. I just, I kept texting, you know, even like as they were playing, I kept texting you know, Corey and Zach just saying, I mean, they probably, they weren't paying attention, but just saying weird stuff is happening, right? I mean, you know, Arizona, that Arizona match, uh, you know, them coming back and the girl on 18 hitting it over left, mm-hmm. having taken unplayable. She ties that hole, eventually wins it on the next hole. Uh, you see it every year that on the path to a national championship, weird things happen. Certain things happen. And I just, I get goosebumps when, as I'm saying this. I, I was sitting there watching it alone in our in our locker room. I was the only one that was in our building, um, you know, that day, which was good. Um, I'm not saying I, I may have thrown a remote <laughs> control into into our wall a couple of times or not. But uh, it, it was, as you're watching this, at least from my standpoint, the things were starting to happen even then. And, you know, you know there are girls, they're, they're a great team. You know they're playing great if they just hung in there which they did you know the the path was starting to to form there and uh they had that they were pretty darn dominant in the semis um so i think to answer your question you know keith carter our athletic director he was waiting till you know to officially talk about it until right when the 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 semis were done and right then the you know text chain came up and it was um, just a, a core group of us and, and our, our chancellor included. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as I mentioned to uh, Keith, I was like, I don't care if I ride in the luggage compartment, you know, <laughs> wheel compartment. I don't care. I don't care how I have to get there. I'm not missing this thing for the world. And I don't think any of our crew was uh, at all. You know, I think that shows the tightness. And Corey and I talked about it or when we were had her on just a, little, a while ago. It's it's not rare, I guess, because I've seen it at LSU with my wife's teams and Kathleen's teams, and I see it in other teams where the men's and the women's sports kind of – they're in it together. There's a bond there for everybody. But I think that helps both programs. And I know when y'all showed up, that, that had to mean so much to those kids. I know it did for Corey and Zach, for y'all to be there. Uh, and and I, I can't imagine watching you watch uh, – because you're not getting a coach. It, you had to be bouncing around out there, but I did hear you were out with Andrea Lignell, and you were a big part in her support, kind of just out there supporting her and keeping her kind of calm. That uh, Corey said, you know, you were a part of that. Not just you were coaching, you were just supporting it. Yeah, and, and, and that, you know, I worked with Dre, and you because know, that's where they told me to go. I just, you know, when we showed up, I said, okay, where do you need me? What do you need me to do? Um, if, you know, if anything, and. Uh, you know, watching so much harder, in my opinion, than than actually you know coaching. You, as you mentioned, you have no control over it. All I can do is cheer. So I said, 
well, shoot, I'm going to cheer really loud. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever. I, I'm going to be the best cheerleader that I possibly, uh, you know, can be. Um, and I kept showing up like I, you know, uh, Kennedy was in the group in front and randomly I'd pop up and she would have to make, she almost three putted a couple of times. So she told me to get away. <laughs> so then I dropped back with Dre again. Um, but no, it was, it was just so much harder. And then, I, I was Corey and I were, were talking the other day about it, just you know, reminiscing, right? I mean, there's so much going on that you know you don't realize and, until later on. And, and she's telling me some stories, and I was telling her some some things that she had you know missed while you know she's doing her celebration. But I just I never imagined that I'd be that emotional with them, right? I mean, it was <laughs> I get emotional thinking about it. I really do. It's it's I don't think I'd be that emotional with my own team, which is the weird part, right? Because you're just in in business mode when you're coaching it, I guess is my point. And you don't have time for the emotional side of things. And when you're outside the ropes and all you're doing is a cheerleader, it's, it almost hits you a lot harder. It didn't hit Corey until later on, but, you know, right as they're, you know, making the putt, you know, it's, I get to watch it all unfold in front of me and, and uh, I don't have that coaching responsibility at that time. So it was, it was really cool, and it was – I just – I never imagined, never thought of it, you know, seeing about it, uh, seeing all that from my my perspective. What does this mean for Ole Miss sports and the women's program, and even the men's program for that matter, all the programs to win a national championship? You talk about the emotions you felt there. What do you think this – obviously it's exciting, but uh, what will this do for their, for their program and the and women's sports in general? Sure, it means everything. I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, listen, it starts with their program. I mean, I, I think you could go on for a day, and I'm sure Corey went on for forever about what it means for her program, because it does, right? It's, it is touched. It's, it's tangible for her program, but it's tangible for ours as well, because you know, just this week we have recruits in. You know, first week that you're able to get recruits back on campus and, and see our place and I'm talking to them and there's a national championship trophy that's sitting in front of us. Yes. It's, you know, for our women's team, but it's for Ole Miss golf. And it's funny when you, right when you come into our, our offices, here's a big sign that says Ole Miss golf. It doesn't say men's golf. It doesn't say women's golf. It says Ole Miss golf. And we have a national championship sitting in front of it. And for me, I don't know. It it just kind of hit home that, you know, that is, I mean, they're, they're our family as well. And, and now every single day our men get to see that trophy. And, and if that doesn't motivate you, then, I mean, I don't have to say anything. <laughs> no. We got a national championship trophy and, and our guys want one of those. We, we want to put, you know, two of those up there, but, but certainly it helps. You know, Corey and I both sell the same vision, you know, and, and we can say it all we want. We, we always, I think probably most schools, you know, and, and bringing up at Tennessee, right? I mean, he, I'm sure when he brings a recruit in, he talks about national championship. I talk about, hey, our goal is we want to win an SEC championship and a national championship. This is what we're going to do. We can talk about it all we want, but, you know, you know talking about it's one thing, doing it is another. You know, Corey and, and, and the women's golf program have done it, you know, and they're in the same building as us. They have you know, they practice in the same areas. Uh, so I guess my message to, you know, to myself and, you know, my incoming guys and then potential recruits, I mean, very easy for me to say, why not us? Absolutely. I think you get a little bit of credit and you'd never say it, but a lot of credit goes to you because you've rebuilt the men's program 
you've taken the national championship, Braden Thornberry, a national cha- individual champion. So that belief has come in in your program, but it's also spilled over into the women's program and Corey coming in there as well. And I think it, it's true. Uh, you know, they always talk about Calipari when, you know, he, you walk into his office and there's all these NBA, play- <clears throat> excuse me, NBA players, uh, any school that's got a national championship, LSU, any, any of these, it's all uh, about that. It's about winning SEC championships uh, and, and, and national championships. And if they see it, whether it's men or women's, they want to be part of it. And I think that's the, the cool moment because, you know, Ole Miss women's golf Let's be honest. It it, it was a, a decent program until Corey got there, uh, and if she in a couple years turned it into a nationally competitive program, of course, winning the SEC in 2019, it's so weird. You talked about paths. I'm on the call for SEC Network. You know, I usually work for Golf Channel, and they win, and I'm going like this couldn't have happened any better for me as an uh, an analyst to know all these kids and to do it, and then. What are the chances of me working? Of course, I'm doing all the college stuff this year. I'm in it again, and there they are. Uh, they're in there. So they make me look halfway decent that I know something. Uh, but, you know, it was really cool because I always try to think of something to say. In the beginning of the pregame show that uh, day of the finals, I said, are you ready? And I paused, and I said, they are. I knew the old Miss Faithful would know what I was doing. It's kind of a subliminal message. Uh, but I, at the end, I just kind of said, you know, it's kind of like the SEC logo. I did say that. I just said, it just means more. And I think it means more to both the programs. <laughs> you know, I threw those things out there just because, yeah, I'm a little bit of an SEC gamer. I get it. Uh, but, you know, say Pepperdine, who just won the men's national championship. You know, this is a mid-level school and nothing against, you know, the other schools in the SEC, but it gives smaller schools who aren't, they're like fighting against these, you know, Oklahoma states that win 11 nationals or whatever national championships, gives them the idea to say, we can do this. And I think that's what you take from this whole championship uh, for y'all too going forward is you can do it, don't you? Oh, I, I couldn't agree anymore. And that's the beauty of our sport that, you know, a team you know, like Pepperdine, you know, uh, Michael Beard done an amazing job uh, out there. But you know what? They have a good product. You know, I mean, they're right there at the beach, and, and they, you know, they, they can draw a bunch of really good California players, you know, pretty easily. So, um, yeah, I mean, any of us can do it. Listen, I, I wouldn't be here at Ole Miss if, if I didn't feel that same way. I mean, that, that's why I came here. I left University of South Florida, which – was a great spot. It was a very special spot. We were really, really good. Um, but I came here because, and not because I'm, it's my alma mater, right? I mean, it, I, I'm, I'm smarter than that. This is how I feed my family. <laughs> I, I came here because I thought it gave me a better platform to, you know, compete for an NCAA championship. And, and back to your point earlier in regards to, you know, the, you know, everyone in our own building trying to help each other. I mean, you're absolutely right. I think you're crazy if 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 you said that Braden Thornberry winning the NCAA championship didn't help our women's program immensely as well. You know, and that that had to have helped. I know that it helped Julia Johnson mm-hmm. truly believe. Right? I mean, she had already you know, committed and was here, but I mean that what her watching Braden really help her step up, you know, her game and in turn you know, help step up our, our women's team, you know, in general. Um, and, and I get it as an individual national championship, but, you know, just having that national championship trophy sitting in our building, I, I, I would hope, 
you know, motivated everybody. Absolutely. I mean, I, it, 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 it makes a difference. I think even for Brennan Webb, you said at Tennessee, I mean, not that I'm not blowing smoke on my own wagon here, but you know, I was a tour player. I've won five times, you know, I was a decent college player, you know, and they see that and they build off that, uh, because they say, Hey, we can come here and do that too. And I think that's important for any program, but you mentioned, let's talk about your season. I think the hardest thing for y'all, uh, even on the men's and women's y'all are playing against the sec teams nearly every week and an eighth place finish was not bad. Uh, but how, I think it was probably pretty good for y'all to play against each other with that tough competition, but how do you evaluate, you know, the team's performance from this past season, which had to, to me, had to be one of the hardest seasons for you, the coach that you've ever had. It, it, it was by far the hardest season for, for a multitude of reasons, right? I mean, it was just with COVID in general, um, you know, it, you, you, you traveled differently, you know, your day to day routine um, and responsibilities, were just different. I mean, it, it was it was bizarre. That, I, I think that's the word that we all fall back on now. Um, and, it, and and with it being bizarre, that made it difficult. So, um, but I think for the long term future of my program. So essentially, you know, eligibility wise, we had you know freshmen and sophomores mm-hmm. this year. Um, so that that was the mainstay of my squad. And then all throughout the spring, um, so we looked younger than some of these teams at times. You know, even though you know, Jackson Suber, you know, with the COVID he was junior, but the COVID year he's a sophomore. I mean, it's just so confusing. Um, it he played great, but but some of our other guys were were younger. I mean, they just they just were, and they looked younger uh, throughout the season. And you get exposed in the in that all SEC schedule. Um, at, at the end of the day, that uh, you almost, at times you felt like you were beating your head against the wall. But with that being said, I, I think it was great for the long term of our program. Going into next year, I think this year helped us. Going into the following year, I think this year really helped us because there's no margin for error mm. uh, as you went out there. And, you know, there are no excuses. Listen, if, I don't care if you don't have your A game, your B game. I don't care if you have your D game. You better find out a way to get it done, or you're going to be last. And we started out the season at the Blessings, the first first you know tournament out of the gate, and we had our worst tournament since I've been here. Um, we just completely laid an egg. So that was even more troubling. More, There's a lot of heartburn there because you're going, okay, I really don't think I have a bad squad, but, man, we didn't come – we just didn't even come close to beating anybody. Um, and we did it on national TV. So you get concerned. But my team, they just responded, uh, and and really, we you know Vanderbilt was the second tournament out. I believe we finished eighth in, in that, which you mentioned in that in that in the SEC. Uh, I mean, shoot, eighth gets you to match play, right? And in, in the SEC championship, and then then we finished with the you know fifth, so we bounced back. That so Jim, that's that's when I felt. I had a pretty good feeling about my team as coming off the worst tournament we've had since I've been at Ole Miss. We, we didn't pack it in and we weren't playing great golf. You know, Jackson Super did at, at uh, you know, the Pate our last tournament out in the fall, you know, he won individually, but the rest of our team was just still, they were playing okay at best, but they were fighting their tails off. And uh, so that made me feel pretty good. And, and then again, we, we played pretty good throughout the, the spring. We just, 
we didn't have that breakthrough tournament. Um, and, and I thought we were really trending in the right direction. You had a great finish at, uh, in, in Birmingham at, uh, Birmingham country club and going into postseason, And, and unfortunately we just, just kind of, you know, sputtered you know, a little bit as we got to, you know, had a bad first round at uh, the SEC championship again, battle back, um, I believe we had the low round of the day in the, in the final day of stroke play at the SEC championship. So again, it was that, you know, um, key element of them not giving up mm-hmm. even after they've gotten off their bad start, had one bad round. I love that. that. That's just something I take pride in is I want my team to be tough. We all talk about it, but it just, it gives me heartburn. It gives me heartache. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with us playing bad golf, but if we're not tough, that, you know, that, that really upsets me. Um, uh, you know, so again, we, we were, you know, scratching and clawing and, and all the way to the end. And unfortunately at Oklahoma state just didn't, didn't play our best golf. And as, as you and I mentioned this time of the year, we were talking about the baseball regional here. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your draw is, you know, tough, you know, not so tough average. You just got to play well. Everyone's good this time of year. And, and when you get to an NCAA race, be a regional and, you got to that one in Stillwater, you know, you, you're a bunch of good teams. You gotta, you gotta play your best golf. And, and we didn't play bad golf. We just didn't play our, our best golf, but we get everybody back. You know, technically we don't lose anyone for you know, a couple of years. Uh, we had a, we had a grad transfer in Evan Brown uh, from Loyola that um, he's, he's great. Uh, had an unbelievable year. He, he and his team were at the Tennessee regional and he missed out by one stroke of getting through to, uh, to Greyhawk as an individual. So he'll, he'll certainly help us. And again, I, I, I like the nucleus of my team anyhow. So, you know, any, anyone like Evan, we can add on top of that is, is, uh, is gravy. Well, I think also, I mean, it, when you sign the letter to come to school in an SEC school, Ole Miss or whatever, you go play against the best. Otherwise you signed up to go to the wrong conference. So that's, that's why you do And you do, you get beat up a little bit. That's okay. And I think you made a great point is they kept fighting. And that's what you as a coach wants. That's what as a parent. I don't care if you – I mean, I do. But if you finish last and you give up, I can't deal with that very well. But if you fight it till the end, I'm going to support you till the end. And I think that says a lot about your team. But Jackson did Well, it, yeah, and, that, and that's what I say. I mean, I tell parents this and, and, and I tell our players this. Bad golf is okay. Quitting or giving in unacceptable. Is, is unacceptable. It's just not going to happen. And again, bad golf is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you quit on me, we got a problem. Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's a great point. That's what makes you such a good coach, and that's why uh, you know I, I just I'm a big fan. I know everybody else is too. But you know, you talk about coaches, and 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 I know you and Corey have a you know because you're all at the same program, same school, but coaches should kind of have a tight fraternity. Uh, you mentioned Brennan Webb, but, you know, watching that national championship uh, for the men's and, and Coach Beard and Heibel, they just, they're friends. And I think that's one of the cool things. And even Larry Penley at Clemson retiring, all the people that said all the nice things, even though y'all are very competitive, y'all are still kind of a tight fraternity. Uh, is amongst coaches, and I think that's admirable. But uh, it's really cool to see it. But you mentioned your alma mater coming back and coaching. Coach Beard did that. One at Pepperdine. Is that is that kind of a in some sports? It's a big pressure because everybody expects you to do things. What's it like to coach at your alma mater? 
uh, you know, spending those four years playing and now back there as a, as the coach of the, of where you went to school and spent so many years? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I will tell you this, the highs, the highs are high, the lows are low. Um, you know, it's, I, I try to explain to people, you know, when I was at Florida state, when I was at university of South Florida, you know, I always had my, my team, right. You know, so at university of South Florida, I had, I had my university of South Florida men's golf team and, you know, the highs were, you know, great. You know, the good times were, you know, great. And that was, that was my job. I loved those guys. It was my family. Um, but I always, and then I would root for, you know, the football team, all the other programs that were there, right. That was where my paycheck came from. And, you know, I was invested, but I always had Ole Miss, right. I always had, you know, my alma mater, right. Like I, I, you know, and that was my school. I could always cheer on Ole Miss football. I could always cheer on Ole Miss basketball. Um, always cheered on Ole Miss golf as long as we weren't playing them, you know, head to head. So it was, I was still invested in this program, but it kept, it kept it the team that was in my heart and emotionally invested in just because of where I went to school. You know, I always had that. So no matter what happened, even if I failed, you know, one of those other programs, you always had the old Miss thing. Well, now I just came back and put my eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably, listen, I'm a terrible loser to begin with. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was at University of South Florida and Florida State, I, you know, losing, I was just a bad loser. Um, you didn't want to be around me. I took it. I just, I take it personally. Um, but here, I think I probably take it more personally. You know, as we went out, as I mentioned to you, you know, we go out and lay an egg our first tournament out in the fall, um, at, at, at the blessings. Um, well, that's going to hurt anyways, but you almost, you almost have more of a burden mm. if you're going, Oh man, now I'm letting you, you let it and you shouldn't, right? I mean, you shouldn't get emotional about it, but, you can't help but think, oh, man, I did a very poor job of coaching this this week, right? I mean, so professionally I did a bad job, but, man, I just let my alma mater down, right? I let former teammates of mine down. I let this down. And, and again, it's a terrible way to think about it, but you can't help um, but think about it that way. Michael Beard and I talk about it all the time, you know, and, and uh, so the lows are low. I, I will say that. I, I don't shy away from, from that, but – but the highs are high, you know, when, when Braden won national championship in 2017, standing at Rich Harvest Farms, it, it, it meant a little bit more. It, I, you know, I, I can't lie, you know, and it, it's, uh, so it's. So you're the one yeah, that tagged that it means more in the SEC. You're the one that tagged yeah. that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to claim that. I'm going to claim that. No, it, 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 it really does. So, uh, but no, there's so many cool lines to You mentioned with Michael Beard and winning, um, you know, winning his alma mater. I mean, you, you forget that Pepperdine team has Chris Danbury as a, yeah. wow. as a volunteer assistant, what happened with, with his daughter. And, you know, I, you know, they were leaving, uh, for the golf course. Um, so we flew out and we stayed that night with our women after we won the national championship. And then we were flying back the next morning and I saw Zambri in the lobby. And I gave him a big hug. I hadn't seen, seen him since. Um, you know, he had lost his daughter and, uh, and, you know, mentioned something, you know, special about this week. And then, so for him, that was just one of the guys that I was thinking about, certainly Beard and you saw how emotional he was and, and, you know, how much it meant to him. But again, those are the little things that I don't think a lot of people saw or a lot of people thought about was 
that was another really, really cool storyline that, that Zambri, who'd gotten fired a year ago, <laughs> yeah. like is one of our best coaches that we have in the in the country. And, you know, then, you know, him having a high after after such a low, just little things like that are, that are that are so cool. Yeah, Coach Heibel was crying. It was, and it wasn't so much that they lost, it's just for Chris. I think that shows a lot of the class that he has as well and in the tight-knit uh, fraternity. But I know you got yeah. a meeting. I was going to ask you some more questions. You and I could do podcasts every week because you're the best to having it on here. But I uh, appreciate you going through uh, that week or that day out there with the ladies. And, and uh, thanks for being a friend. Thanks for being a friend of the podcast. And good luck. And I know recruiting's a little different these days. You actually get to see the kids face-to-face, so that's going to be kind of fun. It's fun. It's a little bit weird. Like we're trying to pick. I'm trying to get back in my groove of figuring out what we actually do for business and and uh, and, and what to say now. So it's 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 different. I, I don't have to just zoom everything anymore. So we're we're excited to get back on the road. But but thanks, Jim, for everything you do for college golf and, and all of us. You're a good friend, and I really appreciate it. All right, buddy. Uh, we got to play golf. I don't play much, but we're going to play golf one of these days. You come to Old Waverly, and we'll go play some golf. I'm in. All right, brother. Thanks. Thanks.